Mark will be preaching from Proverbs 3.5 this morning, and so in preparation, I'll be doing the, the scripture reading myself today from Proverbs 3, 1 through 8. It says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. and Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. May God bless the reading of his word. Mark. Well, Josh, I don't know where you got that first thing that I'm a good singer because I'm not really a very good singer. I'll I'll take it though if people want to say that it's not it's not it's not accurate. Well, good morning, everyone. It is such an honor for me to be here. Wow, you! I, I just want to just say everyone that I've met has been so welcoming and so friendly. What a great uh, what a great quality to have as a church that to be so friendly and welcoming. So thank you for making me feel. So welcome. Thanks for being here. Uh, it's an honor for me to be here. And we're going to be talking about Proverbs 3, 5. And let's just pray, and then we'll jump in. Lord, I just want to thank you for this church. I pray you would bless it. I pray you would use these folks here to bring glory to you and to spread the gospel and to just be a light in the world in this area and wherever they're from. And uh, Lord, just bless them and prosper them in you. Fill them with the knowledge of you and your joy and uh, just use them for your glory. And please help us this morning as we look at your word, Lord. I just pray you'd help me and uh, help us speak to us through your word, by your spirit. And please change our lives and help us to obey you and do what we talk about this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So Proverbs 3.5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. We trust people all the time. I mean, think about it. We, we trust people all the time. When I go to my doctor and he says, Mark, uh, I'm going to give you this new medicine, I'm gonna pre- prescribe this medicine for your, your uh, blood pressure or whatever it is, I don't say, um, are, are you sure that you're really qualified to you know, prescribe medicine for me? And, and then when I go to the pharmacist and I pick it up, I trust them. I don't say, um, are you sure you, you gave me the right pills here? That it's what it says on the thing here? 
You know, I've, I've uh, flown on airlines at times, and when I fly on airlines, I don't know a single person in Southwest Airlines or whatever the airline would be. I don't know a single person. And when I get on the plane, I don't say, um, excuse me, can I talk to the captain? Can I see your, your, your qualifications? Do you have a paper that shows that you're really qualified to fly this plane? I, I, don't, I don't ask the stewardess, uh, did, did they remember to put gas in the plane? You know, I just, I just trust, I'm trusting the pilot. I'm trusting the airlines. We trust people all the time. When I buy food at the grocery store, I don't stop at the cashier and say, uh, is this food safe to eat? I'm, I'm just trusting. I mean, sometimes, unfortunately, it doesn't work out to trust people, but we, we trust people all the time. We trust people in, we, in that we trust that they have the knowledge or skill to do what we're trusting them to do, like my doctor. I, I trust that he's got the training and that he has the knowledge, and I also trust my doctor that he has my best interests at heart that he wants to help me, that he wants me to be healthy. So I'm, I'm trusting his motives. I trust a whole lot about him. Um, I, I trust that he's telling me the truth and prescribing medicine for my good. One time, I failed to trust. I, uh, many, many years ago, we, my wife and I have five children, and we, we bought a Volkswagen van, great big van for our family, and I uh, read in the manual that it said, use high-octane gas, the highest, highest octane. And I just didn't trust them for some reason. I didn't trust the Volkswagen company. I thought, well, they're probably in cahoots with the oil companies. They're just trying to get me to spend more money on gasoline. So I'm just going to use the lowest octane. Well, on a trip, after I'd owned it for a while, suddenly on the highway the engine died. I had to get it towed back to my town of Indiana, Pennsylvania, and uh, took it into a Volkswagen dealer, and he said, after he looked at it, he said, what in the world, what kind of gas were you using? He said, the engine is full of sludge. I said, I was using a uh, low-octane gas. He said, well, didn't you read the manual? It said use high-octane gas. Well, I didn't trust them, and I paid the results. As, as I had to get a whole new engine. Um, I, I used high-octane gas after that. <laughs> so we trust people all the time. And if we trust people, how much more should we trust the, word, the Lord? Over and over in his word, he tells us to trust him. We're to trust his character. We're to trust his power. We're to trust his love for us. We're to trust God, that he is in control of all things. We'll talk about that more in a few minutes. But trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. So what does it mean to trust the Lord? Well, it means we believe His Word. We should believe that God will do everything He has promised in His Word. 
We believe it. And if we believe God's word, we should obey God's word. Now, the first and most, one of the most important things, the most important thing we need to first believe is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the good news is that Jesus Christ is God, that he became a man, a human being like us, except he was born without sin. And he was conceived in the Virgin Mary by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus lived a life of perfect obedience to his Father. He never sinned once. And he worked all kinds of miracles that proved he was God. He opened the eyes of blind people and ears of the deaf. He cured lepers and cripples. He raised people from the dead. He multiplied a few loaves of bread and fishes and fed thousands on a couple of different occasions. And then, here's, here's such a good, good, good news. Jesus, who had never sinned in his entire life, died on the cross in our place. He took our sins upon himself as if he had committed them. And he'd never sinned. But he took all the sins that we have committed and God the Father punished Jesus, poured out His wrath upon Jesus for those sins that we committed so that when we believe in Jesus, God counts the righteousness of Jesus to us, His perfect life of obedience to us as if we had lived His life because He poured His wrath upon Jesus as if He had lived our lives. And then Jesus, on the third day, rose from the dead, which proved that God had accepted his sacrifice for our sins. And the good news is, and he also ascended into heaven where he reigns as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And the good news is that when we trust this, when we believe this good news, and we call upon Jesus, and we obey him, and we Call upon him, Lord, save me. Lord, forgive my sins. Lord, I believe that you're God. I believe that you died for my sins. Please change me and cleanse me and wash me and save me and give me eternal life. When we believe that, God will give us eternal life and save us. So because of all Jesus has done for us, we should trust him. I mean, if... if if he, would, if he were to bear the wrath of God for us and die on the cross, he loved us that much. We should trust him that he cares for us, that he has our very best interests at heart. One source I read said, Trusting is believing in the promises of God in all circumstances, even in those where the evidence seems to be to the contrary. So it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. See, there are times where we are going to trust God when everything looks like it's just the opposite. Or it, it, How can God come through in this situation? This is not easy to do. I'm not saying that I'm always just trusting God and 
it's not a struggle for me. There are times it is a struggle, and I need God's help to trust him. And he will help us. He helps me. When I was a young Christian, I heard a man who'd been a Christian for many years, and he said this about the Bible, and this changed my life. He said, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. God said it, I believe it, that settles it. And that was how he lived his life. Actually, if God said it, that settles it, whether we believe it or not. But God wants us to believe it. And so God's word, the Bible, scripture, has changed my life. And I know it's changed so many of yours because God said things and I have, by His grace, believed them. 1 Timothy 6.12 says, Fight the good fight of the faith. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. It is a fight to believe and to trust in the Lord and not rely on our own understanding. So, first of all, we're to trust in the Lord. Proverbs 3.5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. The Lord, God, who created us, who loves us so much, He would send His Son to die for us. We, I'm going to give you a a few reasons to trust in the Lord because of who He is. First of all, we should trust God because He is sovereign over all things. That That means when I say God is sovereign, it means He is in complete control of all things in heaven and earth. God is in complete control. The universe is not just some random thing that happened. God spoke and created the universe. The Bible says God named every single star in the universe and he doesn't forget a single one. I mean, we don't even know how many stars there are. I mean, we don't even know how many galaxies there are. Billions and billions and billions of stars and God knows the name of every single one. He holds everyone in place. The Bible says Jesus upholds the universe by the word of his power. God holds every single grain of sand in place, every leaf on every tree. You know, God is sovereign. He knows he's in control of everything. If you said, Lord, where is grain of sand? Number 485,625,325,006. God knows immediately where every single grain of sand is. He might say, well, that's in Puerto Rico. Right here on this. And he could take you six feet down in the sand on the beach and find that grain of sand. He knows every blade of grass. He knows every single thing in history. God is in control. Nothing can happen outside of God's control. He is sovereign. He knows every single thought of every human being. 
When, when Satan wanted to afflict Job, he had to ask God's permission for every single thing he did because God was in control. And God said, okay, you can do this, but you can't do this. You can go this far, and that's it. Every single thing that even Satan does, he has to get permission from God. He can't do... The devil is not just out of control. God is in complete control of anything he does. God is in complete control of all the weather, all our health, everything. And so we should trust God because he's in control. Now, now a couple of other things that are very important. We also need to remember that God is completely righteous and unchanging. The Bible says God is righteous. That means he always does the right thing in all his relationships with every human being. In other words, if God were sovereign, but he was not a righteous God, that would be a terrifying universe to live in. God is good. God is a loving God. If, if God were just sovereign and in control of everything, but he wasn't good, oh, what a terrifying universe that would be to live in. You know, he's, he never changes. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? You know, we change our minds. Men change their minds. Men and women, we, we change our minds at times. We, we forget. Sometimes we lie. People lie. God never lies. Every single promise in his word is true. And he won't change his mind about every single promise. He, he won't forget to do it. Every single thing God does is because he is infinitely righteous in all he does. He is also infinitely wise. God is infinitely wise. What kind of universe would it be if God were in complete control, but he wasn't wise? No, God never, he has infinite wisdom, so he always does the right thing in our lives. Everything God takes us through, everything God allows us, every promise he has made is in because he is infinitely wise. He is in control of all things. He is perfectly righteous. He is infinitely wise. That's why we can trust him. Because he's sovereign over all. He's all-powerful. He's perfectly just and righteous. And he's infinitely loving. As our loving Father, he cares for us. 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. When I, when I first became a Christian, I thought, you know, God has got to be so busy running the universe, he doesn't have time to care about my little needs. He's got to keep Saturn in place. <laughs> you know? And then as, as I grew as a believer and I learned and people taught me and I read the Bible, I saw that God cares about me. He cares about you, every single one of us. And so we should... Trust him. Jesus is the good shepherd. He loves us. He cares for us. 
And the ultimate proof of God's love is that he gave his son to die for us. While we were still, Romans 5, 6, and 8 says, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. But God shows his love for us. Another word for shows his love, God demonstrates his love for us in that while we were still sinners, he died for us. So if God loves us, if he is in complete control, if he always does the right thing, if he is, has infinite wisdom, then we should trust him with all our heart with all our heart, and not lean on our own understanding. And so this third point is that we should trust the Lord with all our heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. This is the big question. In every trial we face, in everything we're praying about, here's the big question. Who are you going to trust? You're going to trust God's word? Are you going to trust your own heart, your own understanding? Are you going to trust what God's word says, even though it looks completely impossible for him to fulfill? Or are you going to trust what you think? And that's, the that's the battle. And God will help us to trust him. Am I going to lean on my own understanding? Remember, God said it, that settles it, I believe it. Or wait, God settles it. God said it, I believe it, that settles it. God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Now, all our lives, this is going to be a challenge for us. It was a challenge for me as a young believer. It was a challenge for me as a pastor. It's still a challenge for me now. With my children grown, I have grandchildren, life just keeps getting more challenging in some ways. <laughs> You're, you may have financial challenges. You may have health challenges. We're all going to have challenges. We're all going to go. The Bible says we will all go through trials of various kinds. But if we trust the Lord in the end, we will see a good result. Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Here is the first instance of someone trusting in their own understanding and not believing God's word. It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. 
For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. So first of all, we see Satan questioning the word of God. Did God actually say this? So we need to know the word of God. And then when she says what God said, he says, you will not surely die. He got her to doubt God's word, to doubt God's character. If God's a, if God's a liar, then his character is flawed. And he says, for, when, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And then Eve leans on her own understanding. She stops trusting in the Lord with all her heart, and she leans on her own understanding because it says, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. So here's God's word, and then here's her own understanding. She's looking at the fruit. And that's what Satan will try to do to us. He'll say, oh, God's, God's, so, so God's word says he'll provide for all your needs. But look at your finances. No way. No way. Or maybe you're, you're in another town where no one knows you and you're tempted to do some kind of sin or something like that. Say, say nobody's going to know or maybe you're, maybe you're a young person here today and you've got friends and one of them will want you to do something wrong and they'll say, nobody's going to find out. Your parents won't know. This is not going to hurt you. And that's, that's what Satan does. And, and if we know God's word, we'd say, no, I, I, I can't do that. And that's going to be all, that's always the challenge. Are we going to believe God's word or are we going to lean on our own understanding? Are we going to look to our circumstances? There, there are things that might be happening in your family and you think, oh, my son, how can he be doing this? How can God possibly work in his life and save him? Whatever it is, believe God's word. I've written down a list for myself of every promise I could find in the Bible about parents and children, every promise for our children. And I look at those often and pray those. We'll get to that later. But Israel, in the Old Testament, Israel leaned on their own understanding. Remember, Israel was God's people. They were taken captive in Egypt for over 400 years. No hope of ever being freed from Pharaoh. No way was Pharaoh going to change his mind. No possible way they could get out of Egypt. And then God sends plague after plague after plague upon Egypt. And he works a miracle. And finally Pharaoh says, get out of here. Leave. And they leave. And then they should have trusted the Lord. 
Because they had seen the Lord work miracle after miracle after miracle. He changed Pharaoh's heart, and Pharaoh told them they could leave. But then after they left, they came to the edge of the Red Sea. And then they hear that Pharaoh had changed his mind and sent chariots and warriors after them. And so what are they going to do? Are they going to believe the Lord, the word of the Lord that Moses had spoken to them? Or are they going to look to their own understanding? And Exodus 14, 10 through 12 says, When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt? You've taken us away to die in the wilderness. What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians and die in the wilderness. And they just start grumbling. And we can, we can judge Israel and we can say, oh, they didn't trust the Lord. But imagine what it must have been like for them. Here they are standing. They had been slaves all their lives. Now they had their children and babies with them and all that they had. They're standing at the edge of a massive sea and they hear in the distance the rumbling of chariots. Maybe they even see dust rising on the horizon. And they think, we're, we're dead. I mean, their own understanding, they would have no idea that God was going to split the Red Sea. I mean, if you're standing by the edge of the Red Sea, this had never happened before in history. You know, maybe if we were trapped by the edge of a lake or something, we could say, well, well God at least split the Red Sea. Maybe he'll do that here. They had no idea that had never happened before. There was no way. They, they couldn't see a way out. So what are they going to do? Are they going to trust in the Lord or lean on their own understanding? Well, Moses stretched out his staff over the sea, and we know what happened. It says, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind, and all night and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided, and the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and left. They could never have imagined that. There are, maybe you're facing a situation that you can't imagine how God could have a good way out or a good solution. Trust the Lord. Keep praying. Keep asking Him. Ask Him to help you. Cast all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. One other instance in the Old Testament of a man where he didn't, initially looked to the Lord, he was looking to his circumstances, was once the king of Syria sent out an army to capture the prophet Elisha. And it says in 2 Kings chapter 6, 15 through 17, when the servant of the man of God, it's Elisha, rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, alas, my master, what shall we do? And he said to him, Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And his 
Can you imagine the servant? Those who are with us are more than those with them. And then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So we need to remember these things when we're facing horrible or hard or challenging or whatever kind of situations, that God can see things that we can't see. God has solutions that we can't imagine. And we need to keep praying and asking God. So I just want to talk about just a couple of ways how we can grow in trusting the Lord. First of all, regularly take in God's word. Regularly. I'd encourage regularly read or listen to the Bible. Find the time of day that works best for you. For me, it's best in the morning with my first two cups of coffee. My first cup of coffee, and I, I can listen to the Bible, or I can read scriptures. But take in God's word. Try to make it a habit. That's the best habit you can form, is taking in God's word on a regular basis. Even if it's only for five or ten minutes at a time. You don't have to necessarily say, oh, I've got to read an hour a day. No, start off with five minutes if you're not in the habit of doing it. Ephesians 6 calls God's word the sword of the spirit that we can use to cut down the lies of the enemy. Here's the second way we can grow. I'd encourage you, memorize God's promises. Find promises in the Bible that you can memorize. And, and there are so many websites if you do a, a, a Google search of what does the Bible say about God's peace, you'll get all kinds of places that have Bible verses about God's peace. Or what does the Bible say about God's provision? And, and you can find those and save them. Write them down on three by five cards or write them inside your magic box. You know, there's all kinds of apps that you can write notes in. I have, I, have, I have an app that I use that I have all kinds of scriptural promises in that I, I, I remember. Or you can just, you can just write it on a, a, a post-it note and st stick it somewhere. Stick it on your refrigerator. St stick it on your magic box. You know, I have, I have a couple scriptures that, that I've put right next to where I have my coffee in the morning. So when I, I set my coffee down, there's a couple post-it notes with scriptures. But memorizing scripture has helped me to trust God because I can say the scriptural promise when I'm facing the situation. And then I would say pray regularly. Ask God to help you trust him, especially if you're facing the temptation to doubt his word. You're looking at a situation in your life and you're just saying, there's no way out of this. There's no way God can help me. Just say, Lord, please help me to trust you. I, I can't see how this makes sense. Help me. And he will. And then finally, a, just a way to grow is by obeying. Obey God's word, even when it doesn't seem to make sense. Obey God's word even when it doesn't make sense. When I was a new believer, a fairly new believer, I had 
I had moved back to my house, in my parents' house in Indiana, Pennsylvania, from Philadelphia. I'd been living in Philadelphia, trying to make it as an artist, totally failed, bombed out, moved back to my parents' house. Here I am. This was before I got married. I had no job, no money, and my mom is a new Christian. She says, I just heard a guy last night. He said, uh, Ephesians 5.20 says, we're to give thanks always and for everything to God the Father. I said, oh, right, Mom. Yeah, I'm supposed to give thanks for everything. What You mean if I have a flat tire on the highway, I'm supposed to say thank you, Lord, for this flat tire? And she said, well, you never know. There might be an accident down the road that God gave you that flat tire to keep you from being in an accident. We don't know. The Bible says thank God for all things. And so I said, okay, I'll try it. And I was putting in a patio for my mom and dad in the middle of summer. I'm 23 years old, and I have no job, total loser, failed in Philly. I'm saying, oh, Lord, all right, Lord, thank you for these stones. Lord, thank you for this hot weather. <laughs> thank you that I'm a total failure. Thank you for this patio. Thank you that I'm stuck here at my mom and dad's house again when I don't want to be. And I tried to do it. I tried to begin to obey God's word even when it didn't make sense. And, and God began to change my life through that. And over the years, giving thanks, even when I can't necessarily see any sense in it, I know that God is somehow causing all things to work together for my good. I can at least thank him for that. But giving thanks has changed my life. But the thing is, is we need to obey God's word even when sometimes we, we can't see how it makes sense. Like if someone sins against us, Jesus said, forgive those who sin against you. We can't see how that makes sense, but we need to trust God's word. Am I going to trust God's word or lean on my own understanding? I'm not going to forgive him. I'm going to yell back at him. You know, we need to do what God's word says even when it doesn't make sense. So, in conclusion, God is righteous, sovereign, good, all-powerful, and he loves us. And we should trust him and not lean on our own understanding. And someday in heaven, it will all make sense. And I just want to encourage all of us to do that. And especially if you have never received Jesus Christ, if you've never trusted his good news, I would encourage you to call upon him today. Ask him, Jesus, forgive my sins, cleanse me, and give me eternal life. Help me to believe in you. And if you're going through anything hard, just pray. So let's close with prayer. And Lord, we all are facing in our lives, or will face, various Red Seas. And we just pray that you would please help us bring you glory by trusting in you. Help us, Lord. We are weak. Help us to trust your word. Help us to love your word. Help us to obey your word. And we thank you, Lord. We praise you that you are good and loving and sovereign and you will help us. Thank you for all the times you have helped us. 
We just pray you'd continue to help us to trust you for the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.